Hey everybody, you're listening to another episode of Big Shiny Takes. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Wickham. Joined, as always, by my two wonderful friends, Marino Greco. Semper Fi. <laughs> Does that count as stolen valor? I don't think so. I think you can say that, right? I don't know. He is Marine O. <laughs> I've never made that connection, but it makes a lot of sense that we have a Marine embedded in this podcast. Okay. Uh, I'm also joined by uh, leftist media darling Jeremy Appel. Hi. How's everyone? <laughs> okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. Hey, you haven't been shut. You haven't been introduced yet. Yeah. <laughs> no, I exist. I exist <laughs> in the universe of this podcast. I guess you do. I guess you're actually probably our most returned guest. Yeah. Um, which means we like you. Or at least the fans do. <laughs> yeah, I love you, fan. I love you, Big Shiny Takes fans. Together we shall create a better Canada. That's true. It can't get much worse. Uh, if you are not aware, for the folks at home, uh, we are also joined by Alex from House of Decline. Alex, hello. How you doing? I'm glad to be here. We're so glad to have you back. Thank you again for filling in to be our emergency Jeremy a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. I was taken in the role. I was being very combative to various Edmonton political figures on Twitter in order to prepare. <laughs> uh, I, w- I was saying things like this you and then bringing up an obscure document where they were shitty. <laughs> yeah, some city council agenda yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was taking I was taking those minutes. Well, it's actually it's very strange because a lot of the listeners of this podcast are out in Alberta. And so now I know so much more about Edmonton than I ever planned on knowing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm very embedded in, in the goings on of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. This you're, is why we need to abolish the discord. We will never <laughs> abolish the discord. Never. Love it up. I love yeah, it so much. It's a beautiful much. community of Edmonton people. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. You should all uh, join the Discord um, and become patrons. Yeah. Which will yeah. allow you to join the Discord and be part of the community. Um, as well, you also get bonus content like um, Eric um, and our friends from Imperial News are uh, doing a series on uh, Ezra Levant's uh, masterwork called uh, a book called Shakedown. I actually just listened to the first episode and uh, I quite liked it. It's two hours long. So the fact that you got through it makes me feel it's very like good three about hours long. I, I had it on the background while I was playing Civ six. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't get, don't get, don't, don't get too uh, cocky. No, Jeremy just sat there with his eyes closed, just thinking about how good the podcast was while he was listening to it. (laughs) I meditated. (laughs) I don't think they're going to ask Ezra Levant to be the Flash again after all their mayhem, you know? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) When I'm confusing these characters of Ezra Miller Levant, uh, I like this. I like this idea, though. I like I like this fusion of identities. Yeah, basically the same person. Exactly. One manifests destruction in the physical realm, and the other manifests it in the realm of thoughts and mind. And <laughs> yeah, well, the book that Jody and I are reading on that bonus content is called Shakedown, and it is about Ezra's time where he took on the Canadian Human Rights Commission. He took on big human rights. Big human rights. <laughs> those and, bastards. And those the, assholes. I, 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 I think the point that, that Jody highlights really well in the first episode is that he's still crying about it. 
2022. And this happened when? Like 20 years ago? Uh, 14 years ago. I think the book came out in 2008. Kind of the most disappointing and disheartening thing is the book could have been written yesterday. It's all the exact same talking points that we get in the Mm. National Post and in the Western Standard as a result stomping grounds. And the various awful think tanks in this country. It's, It's just like the same shitty recycled ideas. And I mean, some of them probably lifted from Ezra, to be honest, I'm sure. I'm sure someone had to come up with some of these ideas, but... Are you saying they weren't better than Ezra? That's a, that's oh. a deep cut. <laughs> Getting a lot of Ezra jokes in today. Were they one hit? Because I only know uh, the song Good, which I think is quite uh, good. I think in the saw, in the ska community, they're quite revered, but I don't, I don't know if they really broke out of the ska community. They're not ska. You're Are thinking of less the- than Jake. I'm thinking of less than Jake. What the hell is better than Ezra? Better than Ezra. They were um they were like a post grunge, uh what I suspect <laughs> to be a one hit wonder. I see. Um, you know, I am the uh post grunge uh scholar at the you Big are. Shiny Takes Institute. Absolutely. Um, You're listening to Big Shiny Takes. Uh yeah. Let me take <laughs> you higher. Yeah, I like that we kind of we end up sliding into talking about like nineties and early two thousands music kind of just by accident but it kind of fits that's into when the aesthetic we were of the kids. show yeah, yeah it's when we were kids it's nostalgia from what it's we also remember. when things were like shitty but uh simpler uh, mm-hmm. people there was a big post today everyone was like remember the alien ant farm cover of smooth criminal in august <laughs> yeah. 2001 and everyone was like yeah that's before <laughs> that- everything went this is where everything went to shit man Cobain killed himself. Alien ant farm. No more alien ant farm. Yeah. We, have we checked where the guy from alien ant farm was on 9 11? There, there's saying, no way of knowing. There really is AAF no way. AAF is behind 9 11. Their, their, their sudden uh, loss of popularity and the occurrence of 9 11 is not a coincidence, is what you're saying. We're reading a column today by <laughs> uh, you know friend of the show. Uh, Adam Zivo. You guys the heard about Muhammad Atta of columnists. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> this is going real smooth. He's, he's yeah, an ideological terrorist. Absolutely. He is an ideological terrorist. He believes in nothing like they do. Yeah. I don't know. They well, believed he... in something, I guess. Who knows? I think you kind of nailed it with Zevo. Zevo doesn't believe in anything. He's he kind of identifies on the internet as a wacky centrist who takes the good ideas from both sides and glues them together to make some sort of <laughs> ideology arts and crafts project. And he's been very successful in his career doing that. I mean, he's he's done various spots on New Left Radio with uh, Joe Roberts. He's oh, yeah. also uh, right. He's totally not a fed. <laughs> Definitely not. Oh my God, his takes are so bad. And I am your gay correspondent. I am yes. your special gay correspondent. <laughs> special gay correspondent, Alexander Hood. At the end of Pride, Pride ends with a not with a bang, but with a whimper. This Adam Zevo article. Yes. And so we should probably talk about him a little bit more. Um, believes in nothing. We sort mm-hmm. of established that. All these guys believe in nothing, though. Like, 
they're all just the most like deranged nihilists. Well, some of that. Warmington, Warmington seems so dumb. He believes in his stupid. Like anyone yeah, no. that wears that hat believes in something. You know. Yeah, he's bought into <laughs> the mythology yeah. of Warmington. But the thing is with Zevo is like he believes in nothing, but he's also like a self-described activist. Mm. You know what I mean? So there's like a very weird slant to everything that he does. He's I, a Kielberger type. He is a Kielberger type. Like a dead-eyed charity motherfucker. Yes. <laughs> again, you nailed it. Like, I think he took part in We Day. <laughs> we Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We asked him about that before he blocked us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We- I forget what he said, but it was something stupid that, like, oh, I, and you'll see this, you know, this common thread you see that he likes to be like oh i i have nothing to do with them i look i just i just photographed on their events or whatever <laughs> yeah he wants to but if you go to his website he gives a very different impression mm. yeah, he's got like very like corporate non-profit energy to him which is great because he's yeah. writing opinion columns in the national post right and he's like a he's like a liberal by national post standards you know he like respectfully disagrees with Barbara Kay that like trans people should be exterminated. <laughs> that's um, nice. Yeah. That's um, nice. At least he's willing to fight those battles. <laughs> but I mean, he also uh he did some on the ground, some really courageous um I have to hand it to him, uh war reporting, uh first in Warsaw and then uh all over Ukraine. Uh mm-hmm. do you guys remember that? Yeah, no, no. covering the like, war in Poland. Remember that? <laughs> Yeah, he well, he went clubbing in Poland. Um, and actually, oh, wow. come to think of it, that was what got us blocked. <laughs> I made fun of him for clubbing in Poland and like tweeting about it, like after he was trying to tug on people's heartstrings and say, um, you know, I'm inter- I'm I'm interviewing refugees and like hearing their harrowing tales. And it's like, yeah, it's yeah. fucking branding exercise for you because yeah. fucking everything is you clown. I think Jeremy has a really good point there that this visit to Poland and Ukraine was a massive branding exercise, a branding exercise that I think has failed entirely (laughs) because the most attention that Zivo's got for his work, I think, online at least, has been from people clowning on him for uh, cynically exploiting the suffering of others to get more attention for his columns and Mm. also, also going clubbing immediately after. Uh, which is one of my favorite. <laughs> well, it was in of all between. Time. It was. It was. It was after Poland, before Ukraine. I think. Oh, and oh. now I, I believe he's back because you know I was actually going through the Zivo. The, re, the well, I mean the Zivo archives aren't that deep because he kind of was just forced down our throats like last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Guess but, who's back? Uh, he was actually writing while he was in while he was in Ukraine, interviewing people about the, you know, the horrors of war and how uh, there are no Nazis in Ukraine. He uh, managed to write a column about uh, the Matt Walsh documentary, um, Mm. the the anti-trans one, which I'm sure um, he uh, respectfully disagrees with and thinks it's the (laughs) fault of the left. That um, it's popular. Um, he also, this is actually last year. Um, he wrote about uh, trans writers spoke out against militant trans activism. Why are people attacking her? 
Yeah, I'm sure it's not because they hate. It's a it, yeah, it's a fight against the kookier elements of our. I I like the left wing, but there are some kooky elements that we gotta, <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. down on the kook. The woke yeah. mob. Yeah, the, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The woke mob. Talk it's, about oh. the the woke mob. Talk about the but, kooky mob. But but while while he was in Ukraine, he also managed time to talk about. Basically, he, he, he found time to uh, write about a lot of like municipal Toronto issues um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and culture war bullshit while yeah. he was uh, courageously um, in Ukraine. In fact, um, did you know he was shot at? Oh, no. Oh, no. But yeah, he it's actually a pinned tweet. Um, shout out to uh, the Forgotten Corner for uh, allowing me to use our Twitter account to uh, keep tabs on people who have blocked me and <laughs> the podcast. Jeremy, no, you know but, Zebo uh, listens to every episode. On on May 23rd, he tweeted, um, Russian troops tried to kill me on Saturday. <laughs> As accompanying humanitarian aid workers delivering medicine to villages north of Kharkiv, here near the front line, we stopped briefly at a destroyed bridge and then the Russians targeted us with artil- uh, artillery. Um, and so basically, he was the the humanitarian aid like unit he was with was attacked by Russia, and he made it sound like it was like a targeted assassination. Um, yeah. Also, that tweet. Uh, <laughs> guess how many likes it has? Seven. No, 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 higher. Seven. <laughs> 52 that's not a lot of engagement for, but yeah uh, he was getting very li- i mean this guy went to ukraine was on the ground there he uh has 12 30 followers so our podcast has more twitter followers than him so yeah. uh thank you all dear listeners yes 30 uh, we've got allowing- zebo in our sights <laughs> <laughs> target zebo and so he wrote this piece um called no uh ukraine does not have a nazi problem <laughs> no ukraine that's an amazing title because it's it's yeah. that's like my 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 chomo shirt you know i am not a child molester shirt answers a lot of questions you know it's that old tweet <laughs> yeah why are people asking me if i'm a child molester my shirt already says i am not a child molester you know <sighs> yeah but it was he got really mad at Christy Somos, an actual journalist at uh, CTV News, because he was getting clowned on for his, you know, straw man that, um, you know, critics of uh, Canadian involvement in Ukraine are just repeating Russian propaganda, mm-hmm. that Ukraine is a, you know, full on Nazi state. And <laughs> he spoke with uh, people in the LGBTQ community in Kiev. And Great. They didn't say that uh, Nazis, the far right, was a problem in Ukraine. So, anyways, while that was happening, uh, Christy Somos at CTV News uh, published a piece looking at uh, how uh, Canadian forces have been training neo Nazis in Ukraine. Well, only a handful of journalists in the country that are looking into that. Um, and uh, <laughs> shall we say things got a bit weird? <laughs> yeah well you know you, you you train a little nazi you know you do you do whatever you know make no, a little he, dance 
do train a little Nazi, get down tonight, you know? Yeah. Christy Somos is reporting on Canadian forces training as of battalion. It was very, very good. And you're right. She's only one of a, a very, very small group of people who are doing the, the actual reporting on this stuff. I, David Pugliese is another good one. And I, I think you got to see like the reaction to that reporting to, to sort of understand why so few people are risking their, I mean, their livelihood to do this stuff. Because, I mean, when she she wrote that piece, Zevo went for her job. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. He, he snitch tagged CTV News and asked them if they were aware her reporter was spreading uh, Russian uh, disinformation that Ukraine oh, is... What a bitch! Uh, oh, he's a spineless fucking... What an incredible fucking... I, this was code. after he slid into her DMs. Oh my god! Offering, saying... I'll have you know, I've been in Ukraine for a month. <laughs> I've spoken to uh, a few dozen people, I think he said, and not one of them said uh, Nazism was a problem. Would you like to speak to them? And obviously, because <laughs> we're fucking. <laughs> there are the six Audacity. gay people I know in Kiev who all say that, you know, and of course they're the gay Nazis. They're, uh, yeah. They have. They have the black sons because they're fashion. It's it's one of those things. And for the folks at home that have no idea what we're talking about and are worried that we are all uh, Russian assets, uh, there's a great piece in the Ottawa Citizen. There's actually, actually multiple pieces in the Ottawa Citizen by David Pugliese using freedom of information requests uh, from the Canadian government, uh, proving that the Canadian government was aware that they had been training uh, members of the Azov Battalion through Operation <laughs> Unifier, uh, and then when... <laughs> what a great name for that! Yeah, great name for it. Yeah, well, they're unifying everyone. Yeah, yeah you know, it's everyone can get together. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, Pugliese actually wrote a really, really good piece uh, about the reaction of the Ministry of Defense to uh, questions that he had asked about Canadian forces training members of Azov, um, and. The piece was really focused on the reaction of the government being not, oh, we're training members of a neo-Nazi militia. The reaction was actually, oh, this is going to be really bad if the story gets out, which is... Yeah, that's a little concerning. <laughs> a little bit concerning, <laughs> right? Um, and so there, there is a real story here. And, of course, Zevo didn't care about that because... Wait, wait, wait. But, but... But we're leaving out. So, um, you know, um, David Pugliese um, jumps in um, to uh, rightfully uh, defend Christy Somos's journalism and points out that Anzibo is a liar, that <laughs> she didn't say that Ukraine um, is filled with Nazis, just that they're there. And um, she didn't, based on actual like evidence and interviewing people, um, that would know um, that that's, I think she interviewed the Azov commander in Mariupol and was like, aren't you not like um, any event? He also pointed out um, to Adam Zivo that uh, on his website, he boasts of having worked for NATO. Ooh, NATO. They're the big guys. <laughs> he was an intern. In fairness, he was just an intern, so he wasn't yeah, doing yeah, any yeah, heavy no, lifting. That's, that's, that's working. If you, he if you go to them. his website, 
he doesn't make it sound like he was just an intern who was like he was just like and i you know i worked for nato yeah and then yeah exactly he says well i was just an intern i what but sorry but pugliese then said i mean that's shouldn't you have to declare that conflict of interest when you're writing about a conflict nato is involved in and then zivo is like oh well you know i was just an intern let's not get bogged down details Nah, nah. He was executive. He was executive idea guy at NATO. He was executive thoughts man. He provided the big thoughts. Yeah, special agent Zevo. Yeah, um, yeah. Baron Zevo. But anyways, I haven't seen someone get bodied that hard on Twitter in a very long time, and I mean, it was coming from like multiple directions. But anyways, uh, he's back from Ukraine, ostensibly, and um, just in time for Pride Month. Yeah. Finally. Well, part of the hook with Zevo is he's gay, right? He's like gay, but a centrist. And, you know, he holds water for... I, well, I wouldn't even say he's a centrist. He's he's a right winger. He's a right winger. He's just not... He, like, he's not... Like, it's the perfect, like, national... Post branded like reasonable center right guy who's actually a complete psycho and a narcissist, mm-hmm. but um, you know it's the type liberals like to be friends with. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it's like he's he's my friend because he's gay and Republican. It makes you think, you know. <laughs> yeah. It makes you think. He, wow, he could be one thing, but this as well. He must have an interesting perspective. But no, it's just he likes money. It's so pathetic. I mean the the column that we read last year by him was about how the encampment evictions were a victory for the working class and he sort of skipped over the fact that people living in the encampments were also the working class and that the people living in the encampments were also people as those two ideas kind of just kind of zoomed past his head because he just wanted to talk about uh john tory and the the massive victories he had uh and i feel like this piece that we read uh or we're going to read is in the exact same vein because he's talking about why we should have cops at pride. Ah, uh, the old, the old argument, cops at pride. Well, we I need... think Zivo's the type of guy who's like, we need to have kink and cops at pride, right? That's like... interesting. That's a very interesting, uh, well, actually, it's not really. <laughs> I mean, cops are kink in a way. It is it is this gigantic state dominance thing, you know. They're all in uniforms and they have their they have their fucking guns, you know. It's all about that shit. Yeah, it's all about putting you down, putting you in hang. Not say not equating the BDSM, the wonderful and lovely BDSM community with the horrible and awful cops. If anything, I would want all the leather daddies on my side as we fight the wave of oncoming uh, uh, Keystone cops in the eventual war between the cool gays and the bad gays. <laughs> is this war coming? This is, this is a, war, a war is coming, Eric. I, well, have you never heard my incredibly homophobic world theory that really world events are, are just, people thought it was like the Jews controlling world events, but it's actually gay people. And there's good gays and bad gays on either side. And which one will you be? It's sort of like X-Men, you know? I mean, that is, <laughs> X-Men is about that. It's Brian Singer, oh my God, awful. Tara, he's one of the bad gays. He's one of the bad gays that we're going to fight in the war. We're going to take out the Brian Singers. But yes, so this this column is just 
like a 90-year-old conservative's argument about why the cops should never be held to account in any sort of symbolic way. But it's packaged up in a, in a you know, white gay man from Toronto. I, I find it very cynical and transparent. And I, I mean, I've come to learn to not expect more from the National Post. But this shit is so, so vapid. Mm-hmm. There's nothing there. There aren't even like deep arguments for why the cops should. It's, it's the most shallow sort of talking points possible for why uh, these historical brutalizers of the gay community should be included in Pride. Yeah, and it's, it's very lazy as well. Um, yeah. I find, and this is like, we'll get to this in the column. One of the things that I find really, really annoying about it is that Zivo is aware of the arguments why the cops shouldn't be taking part in Pride. He just doesn't engage with them in any sort of meaningful way other than saying, no, 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 fuck that shit. Um, yeah. We should have the cops there. This is, a, this is a very nuanced issue, one which I have a pretty hard stance on, which is no cops at Pride. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Who yeah. cares? No, that's this is going back to the whole like uh, kvetching about the kooky left or the woke mob. This is like I, this comes from very direct experience with certain libs in, in my life who I have since cut out and just like it's uh, I don't need to make people who support these historical brutalizers this institution that I think needs to drastically change or be completely abolished and that I don't think we should ingratiate ourselves to the people who like want to make police happy. I think we should be more mad about police brutality and injustices than that we should be about tone policing and being inclusive of the fucking cops. It's that's ridiculous. not what pride. That's not what pride is about. Pride, Toronto pride, especially, is about money. Toronto pride <laughs> oh, takes yeah. in more. Toronto pride takes in more money a year for Toronto than the Leafs. Ugh. That's true. And uh, with this consideration comes the consideration of bloodless, eternally privileged. So it's it's funny because I imagine Adam Zeva, I wonder what his relationship with privilege is, because I am a gay man who has grown up uh, without adversity. And Mm. I, I, I can say that confidently. One, probably because I'm straight passing, which gives me an edge. Because it's harder out there for femmes and flamboyant gay men, especially in high school, to get bullied a lot. Event, you grow up in this bubble where you've been totally, sh- thanks to wonderful projects like Glee that have become in, uh, in the cultural consciousness, engaged in the cultural consciousness. Everybody is super gay positive from like, is Zivo like, how old is he? Like 35 or something? It's got to be around our age. <laughs> Did you yeah. just call him Devo? Devo, yeah. De- he is Devolution. Um, so so he is this person that if he's like a 35-year-old white gay man, he has never known in from Toronto, the most probably the most gay-friendly city on earth. He has never known like real hardship for being gay in a way that a lot of other people have. I would suspect maybe he's different, but I would assume he's probably like me in this respect. But the difference is sometimes you talk to people who were in the 80s. And who remember all of their friends dying in a horrifying plague that their government would do nothing about. Or even more recently with something like the Bruce MacArthur things, where can, where police just uh, toyed with the gay community, didn't give them information for months, ignored reports from them. I'm sure uh, all of these will be addressed in the article, though. 
I'm sure he would. I'm sure all of these concerns will be addressed. But he it's, lists yeah, them. this it, it seems like totally divorced from the reality of the struggle. It's almost of this idea of like we're good now. We don't have to worry about this anymore because we're good now. Now we have to do the work of of like Marino said, ingratiating ourselves to the status quo. We have mm-hmm. passed the hurdles of struggle. There's no more stone walls. Now is the time where we make nice with the cops. I disagree. Uh, for the folks at home that don't know why cops are not at Pride uh, in Toronto, in 2017, Black Lives Matter Canada disrupted the Pride parade and had uh, had an action, and they would not continue the parade until the organizers agreed to not allow the cops to take part in Pride. And this is something that was, I feel like, meaningful because Mm -hmm. as a result of this, uh, several police forces opted out of Pride events all across the country. And it showed that uh, this organization that historically has brutalized uh, marginalized groups like the LGBT community is not above being told to fuck off. Well, yeah. But it's also being there to begin with was always a weird thing because there's no gay bakers float at the yes, Pride Parade. It's, there's it's no gay firefighters. It's a fucking job. Yeah. You don't. You shouldn't have to launder. The only reason you're there is to launder your fucking reputation. You're not mm-hmm. there because of the pride of being a gay cop. No one's there because they're uh, they're proud of being a gay baker or a gay accountant or a gay fisherman. There's none of that shit. You're not defining yourself by your vocation. They're the only ones that need to define themselves by their vocation because they're the only ones that fucked up so hard with this community that that's even a necessity. And they shouldn't be allowed to fucking do that. Yeah. Uh, Marty Red Cone uh, had a very funny piece uh, in the Toronto Star where he writes right after BLM, like, uh, shut down the parade. Um in which he essentially said that uh, anyone who wants to protest that pride and uh, Marty is, I believe, heterosexual too. I mean, he's not part of the LGBT community that not, as far as I'm aware um, that if any, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, pro-Palestine groups or Black Lives Matter, if they, if they want to protest, they, they need to go away from pride and do it where no one is, is paying attention because otherwise they're hijacking the event. <laughs> you need to protest in an abandoned warehouse slated for demolition yeah. three days from now. Yeah. You cannot, no. <laughs> I can't hear you. I can't see you. <clears throat> I don't want to. Yeah. It's like, and of course, Marty is emblematic of the uh, media class in this country where they don't actually understand, you know, struggle or the idea of protest at all. Yeah, that's crazy because, well, pride initially, as I'm sure Adam will address in the article, it started in Toronto because of the bathhouse raids, Mm -hmm. a very, a, a cop occasion where cops went into bathhouses beat the shit out of gay guys in massive droves in the early 80s. And Pride was about, please stop coming into the places where we have sex and beating the shit out of us. That would be really nice. We weren't doing anything. Please stop beating the shit out of us. We would like you to stop beating the shit out of us. And, uh, you know, uh, they forgot about that. They uh, the, Someone in Adam Zivo's position, that's never been a problem. And so he doesn't mm-hmm. internalize that as still being relevant. He doesn't well, think that shit still happens. 
on top of the raids themselves, uh, arrests were made and there were announcements, there were press releases that went out and named people that were arrested. Yes. Yeah. People committed suicide over that. People's lives yeah. were ruined it, ruined because uh, there were closeted gay men that were living lives in secret uh, because society at the time was a little bit more openly hostile to the mm-hmm. gay community. And so, like... Openly being the key word. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So I can understand why the community might not want uh, people in the uniform of that profession at their events. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. There are, here's the, that since evolved, it's weird because there were like a retinue of gay cops too. Like we're the gay cops and we feel sad because of course, you know, they're going to be gay cops for the same reason why there's lots of gay soldiers. It's a lot of, you know, some buff dudes, you know, (laughs) it's some buff dudes, you know, uh, uh, there's like that whole, you know, you've seen Tom of Finland drawings. You've seen the village people. There is that fetishized, uh, fetish, fetishistic element to the cops as well. You know, what's Uh, so funny is my dad is pretty homophobic, like old (laughs) Italian guy, but he loves the village people. Oh yeah. (laughs) I mean, well, well, can we take a break to talk about how amazing the song YMCA, a song which is about cruising for (laughs) underage boys, in a public gymnasium, everybody, your grandma <laughs> sings that at, at, at bar mitzvahs. You know, it's amazing. That's about cruising for trade at the goddamn YMCA. And everyone sings along and does the movements too. <laughs> the but, dance. And you know, Wait, if are Adam Kizo got his way, the cops would raid the YMCA and beat mm. the shit out of all the fun boys celebrating. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, if Zevo had his way, he would send the gay cops to do that. Exactly. The gay cops should be, the, that would be good. Yeah. Uh, Alex, you've been on the show. You know how it works. We let yeah, I know how it works. Yeah. Here we go. Adam Zevo. Police deserve to participate in pride festivities. They deserve it. If- I would love to give police who enjoy incredible powers and authority in society more entitlements. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> they, need, they need more. More sticking up for the police. Yeah. If you want to change an institution, you need to engage with it. It's true. If you want to criticize, uh, you know, the carceral system, you have to go to jail for 15 years. Uh, So I'm going to read this as a guy who's constantly correcting you. That's my character for this. Uh, For a number of years, police have been banned (laughs) from many Canadian pride festivals. Activists allege that having a police presence would be inappropriate owing to historical and ongoing problems with racism, homophobia, and transphobia. But the <laughs> yes. police should be yes. allowed back into pride on practical grounds. If you want to change an institution, you need to engage with it. Yeah. What, what the fuck is this? This is like yeah. immediately like, okay, activists allege and then like, very strong argument against why the police should be there. And then his argument against that is like, if you want to fix systemic issues in the police, you have to let them walk in the parade. This is amazing. This, yeah, you this, have to celebrate them. This <laughs> homophobic guy is punching me in the face. Have you tried talking to the homophobic guy? <laughs> have you tried maybe? 
creating a dialogue. You know. Yeah, this is this is really this is really your either first or your last, Ricky Bobby. It's like you can be second, you can be third, you can shut down an institution entirely, or just no. completely reform it. There's lots of things you don't have to like directly engage with a problematic institution. Yeah. Here, here, here is these people in the in your first paragraph by your own admission who are violently empowered by the state. Now nah, we should be talking to. Them. <laughs> we should hear them out. Like, what are you doing? You, your middle, yeah. The middle sentence there is like not not helping you. It's preposterous. Here we go. He goes into some of the history. Pride Toronto first banned police from marching in uniform in 2017 in response to agitation, agitation. from Black Lives Matter Toronto. That same year, police voluntarily bowed out of Halifax Pride, and in 2020, Vancouver Pride banned police too. Police are still present at these festivals to maintain public safety. The bans simply mean that police departments cannot participate in festival events, whether that means having booths or marching alongside others in the parade. So what are you whining about? Like Jesus Christ. Yeah, they get to collect overtime now. Your precious police get money. The rationale for these bans is that it is inappropriate to include police and pride because of their fraught relationship. There's a link on this fraught relationship. Yeah. What does it link to? <laughs> why Florida? It just it's just a mashable article on why. Oh, Florida it's actually just... something that might be worth reading. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Amateur move. Amateur there you go. Never. Blah, never blah, blah. Well, actually, you should have. So you. But he's admitting. It's weird that he admits that they have a fraught relationship with minority communities because I I would think the move would be to be like police have uh, have improved so much that this is no longer true or something I, like that. It's like one of those things I was talking to Jody about this, about Ezra Levant too. It's like when people are trying to like make an argument in bad faith, they try and tie it into reality. But like, mm. I think Zeebo's failing here because yeah. what he's doing is listing arguments about why his column is dumb as fuck and should not have been written. Cause yeah. he's, he's made more arguments against cops participating in pride <laughs> than he has for them at this point yeah by his own admission they have a fraught relationship with minority communities but that's okay <laughs> that, that, that's what his paragraphs are yeah it's it's but fuck this shit you know like who cares uh, and here he says condescendingly in the next sentence when making this case activists tend to breathlessly list past injustices such as the fact that canadian police forces raided and harassed lgbtq lgbtq spaces up until the early 2000s, 2000s. what is that? <laughs> ah, so in your lifetime ah yes only in my lifetime yeah yeah, uh, yeah. yeah uh, but he wasn't going he wasn't going he wasn't hanging out in the village at yeah. that time presumably so he was a kid and, at I mean, that time doing? so it was okay you know yeah and also like the way he's trying to like dismiss uh the concerns by like talking about these like <laughs> these shrieking activists that are breathlessly listing all these things. It's like, maybe they're just incredulous that you're dumb enough to not realize why their argument makes sense. Uh, well, th this next paragraph is very interesting. We can get into that because he, he this is what he says. They also reference more recent grievances, such as grievances. the shoddy handling of the Bruce MacArthur case. MacArthur, a serial killer, murdered eight <laughs> gay men in Toronto in 2017. That's in brackets. That's in brackets. As well as endemic problems with racism in policing. Okay, it's weird that he doesn't mention the fact that like a huge part of the Bruce MacArthur case was the racialization aspect because 
Bruce MacArthur, uh, uh, most of his victims were brown guys they, they, who like didn't have like a ton of family connections or people that they could tell were gay, which is why he preyed on them to begin with. And so like they they took on the form of other, you know, uh, victims that took a back seat in police investigations, like, uh, say, uh, the indigenous sex workers in the Robert Picton serial killer case. So you had these men, these brown men that were the less dead. And as soon as he murdered like a connected white guy, they instantly found him. And that was like this huge pall of racism, you know, hanging over the case and showed how both the gay community and the police, you know, deal with this problem of, of minorities and people of color being invisible in the communities and not having an outlet. If there was any starker, example of that it was this fucking serial killer the the <laughs> could you imagine having the audacity to put macarthur a serial killer murdered eight gay men in toronto between 2010 and 2017 in brackets and then not mention it again that's an aside yeah oh yeah the, the biggest serial killer in toronto history who gay men I, reported frequently as having done assaults you know 10 years previous to when he was caught and the I, cops just kept routinely ignoring it again and again I, and again because it's the same thing with jeffrey dahmer you know when they when the cops found him uh the the kid had escaped from his cast and they said oh it's just a gay thing and they let the kid back with dahmer because fucking cops don't know about gay people Fuck him. Man, I love how Zevo is like advertising that he's a sociopath. He's like really hammering at home too. Cause like, I gotta know where this article is going. Uh, he's gonna be like, yeah, you know, you gotta be like reasonable. I'm so fucking reasonable, man. I don't care about fucking anything. I have no fucking morals or values. Like, dude, yeah, we get it. You're fucking, you're oblivious to these fucking horrible things and you're willing to give a, the cops a, a pass to entertain this like ideal or of like this, like honestly very self-serving uh, self superior ideal that you are the most reasonable and the most inclusive. It's the same old fucking shtick with all these centrists. Yeah. I mean, there's reason he doesn't point out those things you mentioned, Alex, those details that are uh, pretty important. Uh, that's because he's already undermined his own argument like so, so many times like he hasn't he hasn't gave given a compelling reason yet as to why um police should be in pride so he doesn't want to you know i i'd assume at some point he will uh at least make you know pull together some sort of case as to why i you know cops should be in pride i never get into that but <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah he's he's so far listed a lot of good reasons as why they shouldn't his only reason has been uh, like an abstract reason, which is we should build bridges like there needs to be what is what are the concrete examples of building bridges that you can give us? You've only given us concrete examples of how the cops have alienated themselves from the gay community. Like he's he's front loaded all the all the examples, which is very interesting. Not how I would have done it. What do you want? Yeah, well, uh, I guess you're just not as big a dumbass as him. Um, <laughs> Maybe I'm not as smart as him. He's playing three. He's playing Zevo chess. You know, <laughs> he, he, he's, he's got Zevo chess in the mind. He's making all sorts of moves. He, and he goes on to say, banning police is thus a way of creating accountability while supposedly making pride more inclusive in scare quotes for marginalized <laughs> groups who might feel unsafe. Also in, in scare, scare quotes, quotes. Man, this is so fucking condescending by yeah. the very presence of police officers. Why are you suggesting that 
minorities wouldn't feel safe with police officers. Have you not been paying attention to the last entire history of the country? <laughs> if you're not, what are you? Why? Why would you be assuming this is false? Why would you say that marginalized groups don't feel unsafe with the cops? That's not something you can dispute. That's a fact. Yeah, no, he's got like goldfish memory in this column because like this is right after a paragraph about Bruce MacArthur, right? Like this is <laughs> his argument is get over it, I guess. Or just like, hey, like, I'm sorry you're so triggered by the cops. It's so shitty. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's really not trying. It's the classic uh, right wing, like, oh, th- th- that's in the past. We need to move forward together, right? I mean, that's why uh, Ford pardoned Nixon, right? Because whatever, he, you know, did some criminal stuff, whatever, that's in the past. We need to m- move together as a nation, right? And, uh, you know, it's funny how that only tends to work uh, in favor of people with power and influence. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, you know, I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's gone through many a struggle, Adam Zivo. He's been to Ukraine, you know. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, you got shot at. He's got, I've covered wars, you know. Isn't that the line in Dead Rising? Remember Dead Rising? It was a good game. <laughs> um, Adam Zivu goes on to say, if uh, the safety argument should be met with skepticism, because anti-police voices tend to make a show over how fragile they are. For example, in a 2017 Jesus CBC opinion Christ. piece, two queer academics wrote, for many... Just the sight of a police uniform is enough to trigger a full-blown panic attack. This rhetoric, which is like something out of a parodic comedy skit, is normal for these circles. What an asshole. What a prick, yeah. (laughs) Fuck you. You actually, what do you do? You you see a cop car and you're like, oh, hey, a cop. That's great. I feel much more secure. Get the fuck over yourself, the condescending (laughs) prick. Fuck you, Adam Zevo. Eat shit. This is, it's so dumb. And also, like, this is, like, again, condescending to anybody who possibly has any sort of consternation when they see someone in a uniform. Yeah. Like, uh, 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 the idea, uh, oh, here's a, here's a, here's a black queer man breaking down in front of a cop. This is like something out of Mr. Show. This is like a comedy. This is Monty Python. This is like a parodic comedy skit. Oh, my God. It's so dismissive and it's so condescending and it's, oh, I'm so sorry. It makes you so sad. And it, like all of this stems from the fact that Adam Zevo is a toy. <laughs> he cannot see outside of himself for a second. It's yeah, why he, yeah. he used Ukraine as a branding exercise. It's why he, he pretended that the encampment evictions were a victory for the working class because yeah. he could use the park now. I feel safe around cops. Seriously. So everyone should feel safe around cops. Do you want to jump back into this one? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it gets uh, so, so fucking condescending. If people want to exaggerate their fragility to secure their political goals, that's their prerogative. But it's hard to be convincing when, regardless of the bans, police officers are still present at Pride to maintain public safety. In fact, there will be like uh, there will likely be more of them this year due to increased threats of violence against the LGBT community. Yeah, mostly from cops. Uh, here's what's funny about this exaggerating their fragility what the fuck is more fragile than being fucking sad that you got excluded from a parade Parade. you fucking loser (laughs) oh my god we can't march in the parade mommy oh no I can forget 
have to go back to shooting people. And also, like, hiding behind law enforcement to scold, like, um, you know, racialized queer people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it's gutless. Yeah. Like, also, honestly, this guy makes a big show of how smart he is, but you're, you're either willfully obfuscating things when you don't draw a through line between, you know, Bruce MacArthur and the racism aspect of that whole case, or where you don't draw a through line between threats against the LGBT community and the fact that it's like police or people who are of that like pro police mindset with like thin blue line fucking patches on their oversized trucks hating on like the gay community like like you're either stupid or willfully obfuscating so mm. here's the thing here here's the thing is um when you think of all the gay rights and where it starts everyone consciously understands that uh it starts in a lot of places but the biggest one is stonewall right everyone remembers stonewall and the thing about stonewall is that the biggest voices and the biggest activists were were trans women. They were black and uh, brown trans women uh, because unlike a lot of white gay men who existed at the time and who were closeted at the time, they didn't have as many options to fit in with regular society. So they had to drag white gay men kicking and screaming into liberation. And it's funny because you see you see stuff like Roland Emmerich's movie Stonewall, which was very controversial because it depicted a white gay man as being essentially the savior. But no, we and we got our privilege first because we could pass, because we could integrate ourselves in, because it was easier for the status quo people to accept us because of our maleness, because of our cisness, because we essentially have uh, the same basic desire, because, you know, uh, you see all sorts of white gay men ingratiate themselves in high society that like Roy Cohn. That's what the movie Angel. That's what the uh, play and later uh, television series Angels in America is all about. And so we got our privilege and we essentially said, well, we got ours. And so we are discarding everyone else. And because they don't matter because they're minorities out there, a small thing. And it's and it's the same thing with this trans rhetoric you see now from more bigoted gay people. It was if someone is a small enough minority within our own community, we can ignore their pleas for peace. We can ignore their uh, pleas for justice because we have ours. And they're ruining it for us, even though they were the ones that brought us here to begin with. So what you are just saying here is so fucking incredibly shameful. And I hope you fucking die. Well, it's incredibly irresponsible communication, right? So, like, he mentions the fact that there, you know, are increased threats of violence against the LGBTQ community. What does he think uh, a column by uh, white gay male in the national post is going to do for the gay community what what does he think this is going to do do you think it's gonna help it's gonna build bridges he's building bridges is this a good idea to inflame a bunch of weird uncles that actually read the national post and take it seriously (laughs) against the gay community for excluding their best buds in the entire world the police like i'm just imagining they're like forcing a homophobic cop to march in pride (laughs) (laughs) Brandy, this is what we wanted. No, I don't want. I just, yeah, I think I think Zevo is not really paying attention to the fact that he is he is part of the problem here. I think it's a very serious issue that I think columnists don't ever pay attention to. Should we see how Zevo continues to make things worse? 
see how this descends. Somehow, to anti-police activists, it's more triggering to see a police officer waving a flag in a parade separated from everyone by barricades than to see a police officer wandering around the festival grounds doing his or her job. That kind of incongruence almost makes one suspect the claim that having police and pride makes me feel unsafe is disingenuous. But who knows? The world is a mysterious place. Yeah, I well, here's uh, people doing their job versus venerating them. I wonder why people would would not be <laughs> comfortable with you venerating <laughs> them at their pride event. Oh, police, we love you. You're so special. You're so good. Why would people not be afraid? Why would people be afraid of that? That's stupid. Well, also, also, I you know, it kind of ignores the fact that BLM, I would assume, don't want the cops to be patrolling pride either it's just they have no choice right i mean pride's a massive corporation they can kind of do whatever the fuck they want but because they uh you know stopped the parade and they were able to you know negotiate and say okay we're not going to venerate cops but they can do their and earn their overtime they can patrol pride and earn their overtime right so you know, naturally, um, this dum dum uh, ignores all that and just does the classic like, "Oh, you don't like the police, but you're okay with them uh, patrolling uh, pride." You know, interesting. How? how in- yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't <laughs> want to do the Matt Boris cartoon because Alex has a great cartoon about people well, who use the Max Boris cartoon. Well, it, it, it can be used. It can be used uh, effectively. This in this is like case, a perfect yeah. example, right? It's just um, like, well, like, did, like, I don't know, uh, considering he practically listed like every uh, LGBTQ person activist he spoke to in Kiev, I wonder, did he talk to any black LGBTQ activists? Any Palestinian I'm sure, I'm uh, sure LGBTQ there were, activists? I'm sure, you know, he didn't, uh, I'm sure he got all sides. This next paragraph is, is, this is great. This is incredible. Yeah, it's fantastic. When it comes to accountability, yes, the police were awful to LGBTQ people. Yes, they were bad. But they were no more awful than any other institutions that existed in a time when homophobia and transphobia were the norm. Even the uh, like party. his own newspaper. Yes, <laughs> that continues to be his homophobic newspaper. Yeah, transphobic newspaper. Uh even the Liberal Party and the Toronto Star, now staunch allies, were hostile to LGBTQ people. And he's linked to an article. which That's I'm really sure. interesting. He hasn't mentioned the conservatives or the <laughs> yeah. newspapers. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. Who are still hostile to the LGBTQ community. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny you acknowledge that they changed. But his argument is that the cops have drastically... But he hasn't really said the cops have changed. In no part of this article does he say that the cops have changed since the 80s yet. It's very interesting. He hasn't made that yet. I guess he makes it here. Here we go. But the police, uh, uh, there's still more. Uh, And then they changed and the past became water under the bridge because forgiveness is necessary to social progress. Did it become water under the bridge? (laughs) Did we? 
it's, yeah. it's, it's still good to remember past injustices. In fact, you brought it up right now, just a second ago. <laughs> so it's not really water under the bridge, is it, Zevo? Is it, Zevo? That's also like typical, like, okay, libs. Well, did you know that uh, the Democratic Party uh, supported the KKK? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But who supports it now? <laughs> yeah. 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 I think we can get into whether the Liberal Party is a staunch supporter of the entire LGBTQ community or nope. if they're just, you know. Yeah, you still can't <laughs> donate blood if you've had se- if you're a man who's had sex with men. I do it anyway. I lie about that. Yeah. They are they are surface level supporters because it would be unpopular not to be. Yeah. Um, and that is how the Liberal Party operates about everything yeah, on everything really. yeah. yeah we're a general you know centrists uh, like liberal centrists in general like obama was anti-gay marriage up until the third year of his presidency right uh, <laughs> i bet Zevo. i bet Zevo was probably one of those gay guys up until obama said he was you know for gay marriage he was like should we be able to get married maybe we just don't deserve it guys maybe you know it's what? like marriage is between a man and a woman okay yeah. let me let me be clear I think it's icky. Oh. I think it's icky. But, uh, but I'm, I'm thinking about it. Like homophobic. Uh. Let me be clear. I never said I never thought about it. Few beautiful men in my law school class. But, uh, you know, who has it? You know, I like cigarettes, oral fixation. Thought of wrapping my lips around a penis. But Michelle said, no, it's too gay. Blame Michelle. She's the homophobic one. <laughs> oh my god that's my that's my vicarious obama that's, that's everybody right. loves vicarious obama it's right. staying in. uh <laughs> here we go but the police uniquely are not <laughs> forgiven for the past or recognized for their evolving inclusivity queer activists constantly evoke old history as if the 1980s were yesterday ah yes yeah th- he literally thing- just said that cops were brutalizing uh, LGBTQ people um, as recently as the 2000s. Like, and yeah, and then brings up like, Bruce MacArthur where the murders extended till 2017. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you doing? And it's not as, the 80s weren't long ago. There are people that you can walk down the street in the gay village and say, remember the 80s? Yeah, I remember that. All my friends fucking died of AIDS because the people that you currently support uh, didn't do anything about it. Fucking I love asshole. how the police are inclusive now. Thanks for just I, thanks for that, Adam. Yeah, I he, like when people just. Ugh, gosh, go it's ahead. very funny. He links to an article in all the examples of the times when police were awful to gay people, but he doesn't link to an article when he mentions evolving inclusivity. <laughs> Why could that be? Why could it be that they have not evolving inclusivity? I'm, well, I'm surprised he didn't link to like Toronto police's like. Uh, you know, HR page. Yeah. Uh, where he talks about, uh, and also, I, I mean, data backs it up that police forces are uh, overwhelmingly white and male mm-hmm. and, and, and heterosexual, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That police does have problems uh, recruiting various minority groups. And, you know, you have to wonder why that is. Yeah, he should have. He should have linked to a Twitter video of a cool cop playing basketball with some kids. Yeah, absolutely. That would have been an example of their inclusivity. <clears throat> he should have. He should have just linked to Serpico. It was just a YouTube <laughs> clip of Serpico. <laughs> 
that would rule if that yeah. happens. But that no. would have that would redeem Zevo in my. But he's not clever, or interesting, or cool. So or funny, uh, or, or funny, good, or good at his yeah. job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you know, good in general. Yeah. It's kind of a waste of space. You know. Yeah. There's like a block of nothing, like <laughs> just, a big old block of nothing. Uh, here we go. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is crazy. This next. So the fir- the previous sentence was queer activists constantly evoke old history as if the 1980s were yesterday, or they exaggerate current problems with the police to give the impression that nothing has changed. And the example he uses is, for example, around the time that Toronto Pride banned police, queer activists were incensed over a video, which he has linked to, of a police officer <laughs> who, when arresting an HIV positive person, said, he's going to spit in your face and you're going to get AIDS. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The comment reinforced false ideas about how HIV is transmitted, so the police apologized for it. Well, if they apologized. <laughs> oh That's my the example you God, used. dude. No, the next paragraph is just the, the icing on the cake. However, listening to queer activists at the time, brackets, as I did, being in those circles, You'd think that this was evidence that the police are irredeemable, that a lone officer making an insensitive remark and being reprimanded for it was comparable to the normalized harassment of generations past. Well, he was reprimanded. He was reprimanded because video of him uh, doing it existed and went viral online. Uh, and and if you're, uh, you know, uh, uh, not a complete dumbass like Adam Zevo is, um, you would wonder how often that's happening off camera. Right, right. This is fucking wild. Yeah, it's wild how lazy this is. It's like lazier than your usual column. Actually, that's not true. You guys have a lot of dog shit on here. Yeah, we um, read a lot of bad shit. But like... I, I think the thing that makes it particularly aggravating is that he he engages with all the arguments for a thing, but on such a surface level that like he doesn't take the time to actually think about it. Because he, he did, keeps admitting all of the all of the arguments he admits against him are much better. For example, this next paragraph, he keeps conceding stuff. Which is weird. This next paragraph. That being said, despite significant advancements, there's obviously room for improvement. A recent report from Toronto Police Service, for example, confirms that police often use more force against black people with no clear justification. What? Ah, cops should be a pride. Hey, Don't. man, it, it was the 80s, okay? Yeah. 2022, yeah. that was in the 80s. That was the 80s, man. As Jesus Christ. Why does he keep contradicting himself seemingly? I think I think because he knows this is bad faith. Like I think yeah. I think on a on a deep level he knows he's a fraud and he's being intellectually dishonest. And I think this column just tells on itself the entire time. Yeah. Uh Yeah, this is all of the things you listed the bath the the 80s violence, the minority brutalization the uh, Bruce MacArthur killings, you know, all of that, you know, that that's nothing compared to the hurt feelings of, of, of adult professionals. Yeah. That, that's, you know, <laughs> it's, oh my God. it is crazy that the argument for including cops and pride is a, they said, sorry, and B po buddies nerfed. This is fucking cry bullying from, but from their side, you know, we deserve to be included. 
It's, you know, you know, everybody wants to be the villain redemption arc. You're not Zuko. You're not, you couldn't hold a candle to Zuko. Uh, here we go. Uh, police departments can try to improve themselves in these areas, but can only progress so fast if working alone. Progress can be achieved more quickly if the police are helped by activists who can build bridges and are willing to meet with police and run workshops, conduct interviews, give presentations, and learn the cultural and institutional constraints that inhibit change. Yeah. Do you think that's a pitch? Do you think that's a sales pitch? This is, I mean, oh my God. Oh, that would be an, because that's all this is, right? He wants to become the gay, he wants to become the cop's gay HR guy and he can give the awful gay HR presentations. But turn to your, turn to your partner next to you. What was a queer thought that you had late? (laughs) I wonder if he like, Adam Zivo just hyperlinked this in an email and then also like sent like an RFP to the Toronto Police Service. Um, for his his like uh his inclusion and diversity uh presentation yeah he just shows a couple of episodes of glee to the cops here we go so yeah he's he has all the bloodless uh you know white fragility seminars gay fragility semin- straight fragility seminars i should say yeah yeah he's gonna do his straight fragility seminars um Insofar as LGBTQ relations goes, allowing police to participate in pride will only serve to increase exposure between these two groups, which will help them understand each other better. Groups, groups, groups. Are, but are you born a cop? Does a baby come out with a fucking nightstick out the womb? Are you fucking groups? It's a, is this an immutable characteristic being a cop? It's a protected class, okay? Ah! It's a protected. <laughs> Sorry. Ah, yeah. Yeah. I'm it, cop it's... on my dad's side, you know. Oh my god. Also, like the idea that only together can we make things better is like it's such a, a nonsense idea. I think he just thought that was the easiest argument to make, and then he wrote this down. Because no, I feel like holding people accountable is actually much better, especially when when the police fucked up this badly for this amount of time and haven't been held accountable in any sort of substantive way other than not being able to take part in a fun parade that brings in a lot of money for the city. Like, Um, I don't, I don't know how working together is going to make things better. The argument that I would have respected because it would have at least been honest would be, look, pride is for white privileged conservative gays, just as it is much for everyone else. And I like cops. So that's why they should be. That's at least, you know, honest. But this is trying to frame it as like building bridges or some shit. No, you like cops and you want them in pride. You like cops because you are of the class of people that feel protected by them. That's it. That's the only argument you have. And but you have to spin it out into like, uh, you know, Kendall Jenner giving the cop a Pepsi, you know, <laughs> it's, that's yeah. what he that's what he wants. Yeah, we're going to we save the own, world. Yeah, we're going to end racism. Uh, we're going to end homophobia by letting the cops walk in pride. Absolutely. Kabagara, uh, put that base in your walk. Here we go. But that's not what many queer activists want, because many of them, such as the No Pride and Policing Coalition, believe that the police are inherently illegitimate and need to be abolished. Uh, yeah. Ideologically spellbound. <laughs> oh, they're the ones that are ideologically spellbound. 
They don't see or care that abolition is incredibly unpopular and disproportionately supported by the privileged and frivolous people for whom crime is an abstract concept. That's a Uh, weird thing to put in brackets, by the way. Privilege (laughs) is one thing, but what is what is the data on frivolous? How do you measure frivolity in people? Like you can measure privilege at least, but it's like, how do you know somebody is frivolous? Uh, you gotta look to, at their monthly purchases he, he linked to a graph of disproportionately supported but i'm not seeing any frivolity indicator no he linked to his own article he linked to another adam zevo article about uh frivolity the frivolity of the anti-police class there you go well his entire argument is that uh, i'm just speaking common sense here and it's like no you're you're a frivolous person. Like you're, he's, you're a he's big the joke. new Matt Gurney. Yeah. He, he is the new Matt Gurney because he'll write shit like um poor people may have to get incinerated to fuel our F-35s. <laughs> I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's just the way it is. Yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> I'm just I'm just putting it down. And like like, look, I'm just, I, I'm reasonable. I'm willing to talk to people who disagree with me, but also what I'm saying isn't actually what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's because like, here's this thing I said that contradicts what I said. And so I'm, you know, I'm just looking at both sides. Not that I'm like a horrible writer in person. Yeah, well, it's like Adam Zevo <laughs> is the definition of a privileged and frivolous person, right? Like, Yeah, exactly. He is yeah, like, you're you're a for the columnist. National Post who doesn't actually have a real job who uh carries water for like these right-wing neocon ghouls uh that run the paper and <laughs> and is totally okay with making life worse for other gay people because the cops don't seem to bother me so like who gives a shit i was thinking about a character in media who who represents this sort of archetype and it's somebody who's like a dave rubin character as well and i realize there is a character in media who is this archetype which is smithers he is (laughs) in love he is a gay man who is very uptight uh and uh he is absolutely in love with a capitalist plutocrat that's Mm. his, his only reason for being is is to uh fillet and be a supplicant and be a little lick spittle to this to this evil, obviously evil, uh, <laughs> you know. And even, but you know, I'm I'm stretching because Wayland Smithers, you know, sub, at at points in The Simpsons subverts Mr. Burns, uh, such as in the Sideshow Bob episode when because Mr. Burns is uh, <laughs> when because Sideshow Bob's Republican tendencies interfere with Smithers's uh, choice of lifestyle. They say in a 90s episode, uh, he 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 undermines them eventually. Smithers actually has some integrity. Well, these people do not. So yeah. actually, yeah, I'm sorry, Smithers. That was an insult to Smithers. I, <laughs> yeah, it is an insult. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I on the surface level, uh, it is the, the, that. But uh, obviously, The Simpsons is man, Simpsons is so smart. Yeah. Well, The Simpsons is like uh, they they created a deep character. This person isn't a deep character. Exactly. This is, <laughs> this is a very poorly written person. If yes. you were writing this guy, he would be cut from the script because he's not interesting. And, uh, you know, yeah. NPC, the term NPC gets thrown a lot around by the right wing. <laughs> but oh, man, this guy, this guy really seems like all of his thoughts were programmed by Deloitte or something like that. He is mild Yiannopoulos. Mild, you know. yeah. that is my joke. Uh, 
<sighs> Here we go. Uh, the final, the final paragraphs read as follows. Improving police relations and making policing fairer actually goes against these activists' interests because it takes the steam out of their revolutionary message. So instead of taking tangible steps to improve policing, this crowd is preoccupied with cleaving an ever bigger chasm between the police and the LGBTQ community. Free advice. Yeah. Free advice. Pride- thing that they really want. He really wants revolution. Zevo wants that. Yeah. Well, I guess he doesn't because he says the revolutionary message is bad. Yeah. We can't have a revolutionary message because uh, the only way society progresses is through incremental, disappointing compromise changes. Pride festivals will likely continue indulging this, but in a better world, they'd put the concrete interests of their communities first. Ah, yes. The concrete instrument. <laughs> The concrete interest of the gay community has always been more cops. More <laughs> cops. Yeah. At pride. We need to love cops. Well, I guess maybe, maybe this is maybe Adam Zevo, he doesn't have any gay friends. His only exposure to gay people has been the village people. And so he <laughs> thinks that, yeah, gay cop seems normal. But what he, he and he's so shallow, he hasn't even done the deep dive to know that the cop from the village people wasn't even gay. It's unbelievable i i'm still stuck on the smithers comparison uh because because like this is this this column is such a pathetic attempt to sidle up to power where it's it's not in his own best interest it's not in the gay community's best interest but he's doing it because he thinks it'll be better than uh doing the right thing which is holding the powerful to account. Is it a romantic love with power? Because that's the thing. The the thing which motivates Smithers is a romantic love of Mr. Burns. Uh, And I wonder if that's what it is. There uh, this almost romance with these type of centrist columnists with capitalism. Is there this sort of carnal love of it in a way? This sort of system of brutality. I, I wonder if there is this sort of Smithers-like indulgence, uh, this sort of almost sexual fervor that uh, results in uh, sort of you being at the top and others being at the bottom. I don't want to give him too much credit. Like, it could just be like a worm-like um, uh, survival technique to, yeah. you know, be be around the people that are oppressing other people because but you can survive in a lot of different ways you know it takes a special person to be this type of servile you know yeah which is why i think they must you know they must have a carnal love for preserving this type of order you know there's this they get off on it yeah it's it's pathetic and disgusting and uh adam zivo you suck you suck Zivo! 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 Let's move on from the column. I fucking I hate Adam Zivo's yeah, column. So yeah, he's a ass. fucking supplicant, lick spittle, boot licking motherfucker, fucking sycophantic, evil shit. Yeah, and honestly, like anybody who tries to engage with someone like Zivo honestly and in good faith, you're wasting your time. <laughs> and if you want an example of why the last hour and a half is, mm-hmm. is probably good enough for that. So let's, let's try and move on from this thing. Uh, let's talk about some good things that yeah. we've read or have done or have uh, enjoyed in the past uh, week and a bit. 
we're doing plugs and recs, folks. Jeremy, mm-hmm. do you have anything on deck that uh, people need to know about? Um, well, I would just say I am doing a fundraising drive uh, for my newsletter, uh, pellorchard.substack.com, uh, um, to raise money to buy an expensive ticket to uh, the Conservative Party's Stampede Barbecue, which I'm told by a uh, sponsored ad uh, from uh, some Conservative MP in Calgary that keeps popping up in my Facebook is going to be the political event of the summer. Um, All six leadership candidates are going to be there and uh, some UCP leadership candidates, probably all of them, uh, I would suspect, will be there. Um, so, you know, get me into a room with all these people who knows what will happen. Um, so yeah, um, I'm currently, uh, well, I guess when you're listening, I'll probably have more, but as we're recording, I have reached 10 out of 30, uh, subscribers I'm aiming for. Um, and the deadline is July 8th. So, uh, throw me some scratch, uh, if you're listening, enable. And also, um, while you're at it, uh, give mine to our, our, our Patreon. Um, and, you know, maybe um, if I get really creative with accounting, I'll uh, um, include our new Patreon subscriptions in my uh, fundraising camp. Yeah, I actually went to go subscribe to your Substack, and I realized that I already had. And so I'm mad that mine will not count. So oh, do you give you- me money? Yeah, I give you money because I'm a good friend. How nice. What a good guy I am. That's why I'm talking about it on the podcast. Wow, Eric's so great. Uh, (laughs) Mario, do you give to a Substack? You don't have to answer that. Uh, What do you have on tap? I don't even think think Marino is a free subscriber. (laughs) What the fuck, Marino? I am a subscriber. I'm on the Substack. (laughs) Oh, are you? Okay. You don't have to answer that. that. I'm your lawyer. Uh, What do you have have going on these days, Marino? Oh man, I lift heavy weights. That that's no all. exercise. That's what's up. Uh, I don't know. I'm tired. I've been very busy with work, uh, so it's been hard to even like have. You know, once you start a new job and then you start like exercising and when you're also living with your parents and can't really relax and it seems like you're in a time loop because the last time you were living with your parents was 2016. Your dad was discovering 24 and now it's 2022 (laughs) and you've moved back to him and he's discovered Disney Plus has 24. it's like this cyclical like groundhog day on a five-year loop thing anyways i'm okay the lifting heavy weights helps what you're saying is 24 is your recommendation yeah well like like half hearing 24 out of (laughs) in this open concept house where there's no door to the goddamn basement (laughs) is my fucking entertainment your dad loves the village people and watching Kiefer Sutherland torture people with uh, a lamp that has been pulled out of the wall. You <laughs> can just like shocking them with wires. Uh, that's so fucking good. There was a bit where it was like, yeah, Jack Bauer is like killing this terrorist son to tell him where the bomb is. And it's like, oh, he's actually still alive. He only made the terrorist think he was killing his yeah. son. Oh, my God. What a great show. 
that, that, that shit is pretty entertaining. I do see the appeal. But all right, all right. Obviously, propaganda. Is. Alex, how about you? Uh, uh, look at uh, look at me on uh, twitter.com slash house of decline. That's H A U S of decline. You'll see my funny comics. You see me do bits. I do a lot of bits. You'll see me post uh, maybe some thoughts, maybe some interesting thoughts for you there that you didn't have before. Um, you can uh, go to houseofdecline.com where you can listen to our podcast. Also look at uh, my comics there as well. Uh, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash houseofdecline. Be a subscriber there. Get secret comics. Secret comics you can't get anywhere else. Uh, what <laughs> go to our store, store.houseofdecline.com. Buy some prints. We've got so much shit going on. I'm trying to be a media asshole, being big media assholes. In terms of media recommendations, man, I've been blitzing through fucking Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Oh, it yeah. is the best fucking show that's ever been made. Hell yeah. That's not I, true. It's very clunky at times, but it, there's a lot of good shit in it. And I, I think it's my favorite Star Trek show now. That's so cool. I haven't ever watched it, but I, based on that recommendation, I will go start. Um, from me, I would say I've been listening to a new podcast called Invisible Institutions, which is a Harbinger show. Uh, it's by Megan Linton. It is about the past and presence of institutions in Canada that are for people uh, who are intellectually or developmentally disabled. And mm. it is a really, really hard listen. Not be like, it's a great show. It's a great show. It's just like deeply upsetting at some points. Um, and I think everybody should listen to it. It's a documentary style podcast. It's very good, but, uh, whoo, it's grim. Um, other than that, I have been reading kitchen confidential by Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. Uh, which is yeah. honestly like, it's a really good book. I think, I mean, I've never been able to romanticize the idea of working the same way that, uh, Bourdain does. Uh, but I, I have like this weird, like achy nostalgia for, for the kind of writing that it is. Um, mm. And it's, it's a ton of fun. Um, anybody who's ever worked in a restaurant will, you know, feel, feel some sort of connection to that book. And I think everybody should probably read it because it's interesting. I, I, that reminds me, I have one more recommendation uh, headline that um, I, I just want to read to you. Uh, Putin's uh, quote unquote toxic masculinity to blame for Ukraine war, Boris Johnson says. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Let me, let me read you this quote because it's. Fucking <laughs> if Putin was a woman, which he obviously isn't, but if he were. <laughs> I really don't think he would have embarked on a crazy macho war of invasion and violence in the way that he has. Um, if you want a perfect example of to toxic masculinity, it's what he's doing in Ukraine. Right. Wow. Uh, that's interesting because, you know, Margaret Thatcher never launched a war on anybody. <laughs> yeah that's true she was and famously and uh for, for like weird nationalistic reasons that over you know land which didn't make that at least at least the land in ukraine makes strategic sense what did the falklands mean nothing yeah and uh well i mean you have to hand it to margaret thatcher she did have girl power um, and she did she did have girl power yes <sighs> well, i guess that brings us to the end of the episode so 
everybody, thank you for listening. We've got another episode of uh, Bad Books by Bad People featuring Jody from Imperial News coming out in the next couple of weeks on our bonus feeds. So you should uh, subscribe to that as well as Jeremy's Substack. And then also buy some prints from Alex from House of Decline. I actually, I want that one with the media literacy, the guy who's like in the, the room with the walls yeah, closing with the, the spikes, spikes yeah. and he's thinking to himself how he's going to use his media literacy skills to get out of this situation. And the walls just keep getting closer. Together. Yeah, yeah. He's not getting out is the joke. Is, yeah. They're, they're inapplicable to this situation. I want that for my wall. Like, right, right. I'm pointing at my wall. You, right you are there. after all the king of media literacy as, as was crowned by the international media literacy council. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the grand wizard of media literacy. <laughs> Maybe not that title. <laughs> that's what they Maybe call that, that's what I don't, They just sent me in the. <laughs> yeah. The Cyclops of the grand Cyclops. <laughs> why do you guys, why do you media literacy guys use all the clan names? Yeah. What? It just it showed up in the mail. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't name it. I don't think these media literate guys are very media literate at all, actually. I, I take umbrage with this. Yeah, well, you know, Alex, thank you so much for taking the time. This has been a really, really good episode. Um, sorry that we subjected you to Adam Zevo. I love it. I love the filth. I want more. <laughs> Please come back sometime soon. You're the best. Absolutely. We love you. Thank you for having me on. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. It's being shiny takes the only anti-free speech podcast. Being shiny takes reading garbage for your brain. It's being shiny takes with Jeremy, Eric, and Marino. Being shiny takes are sure to entertain. Are sure to entertain. <laughs>